0: Thanks, Ev. Good morning, everyone. I don't know about you, but I I don't have a great memory. I don't know if you can remember back to February. Um, At work, I, I sometimes go for, I don't know if you know, the cafe at the Austin Hospital, like it's spread out a bit. So if I go from the kitchen, I go over to the sandwich bar, juice bar area, and it's about 50 metres away. And sometimes when I walk back to the, the, um, they ask me to order something and I go back to the kitchen, I get a phone call five minutes later, it's Lisa from the sandwich bar. She goes, where's that stuff asked for? She goes, you forgot, didn't you? You've got to write it down. She keeps telling me, you've got to write it down. I don't remember even from the sandwich bar, the kitchen, but I can remember some things from February. One of the things we spoke about in February was about the word bless. And we started a series in John about blessing as Jesus blessed. And we noted the the, the impact that it can have on people's lives when we bless as Jesus is blessed. And at Monty Community Church, we've, we've made it known that we think it's foundational to sharing the love of Christ with people. It's foundational that we bless people, that we bless each other and that we bless those in our community. And so I had that on my mind this week as we continued in John in this series as life as an obedient disciple because we're almost halfway through the year. And I started to question myself and I thought it would be appropriate we can ask ourselves the question, what does that look like for you in your life in 2018? To be a blessing to people. To be a blessing to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, to build each other up and to bless those in the communities that we are involved in day by day. That Jesus would be seen in the way that we live. In chapters 13 to 17, uh, it's been mentioned a a few times now in this series as we think about life as an obedient disciple, that um, it's the final moments that Jesus has with his disciples. And, And in this time, Uh, we're sort of focused down to 14 to 16 but um, in this time you've got these people surrounding Jesus who have given up everything to follow him and his his teaching to them is in the context that he is leaving he's not going to be with them forever he's going away not just to the cross but after that he's going away to heaven and there is a lot riding on these guys. I mean, these 11 guys, Judas, in the beginning of chapter 13, he's up and gone, he's off to betray Jesus. There's a lot riding on these guys. Salvation, the good news, forgiveness, grace. This message has to get out to the world. And Jesus, has these 11 guys, is depending on And he needs followers who are obedient. Life as an obedient disciple is what Jesus was demanding from the 11 around him. And this morning it's no different as we gather here, it's what Jesus is demanding from us, from our life. And as we consider this context that Jesus is leaving, We're looking at what Jesus says to his disciples about communicating to God the Father. Jesus says, I'm not going to be physically here with you for much longer. And already he's mentioned about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be gone from you, but the Holy Spirit is coming upon you, coming to empower you. The Holy Spirit is coming to inspire you, to guide you and direct you. But he also speaks about communicating with God. I'm not going to be next to you, But ask God in my name and it will be given to you and your joy will be complete. And from those few verses, we're really just going to pick out that half a verse from verse 24 and really dig deep into that this morning. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. And in doing so, I want to ask two questions or sort of look at two sort of statements. One is how to pray and two, the result of prayer. And the way you think about those two questions, you might think, well, they're quite straightforward questions and I know sort of everything there is to know about them and perhaps you do, but this morning I, I kind of thought as I was looking through it, I, I kind of think we actually might be coming at it from a different perspective. And as the Spirit has challenged me and inspired me, I trust that the Spirit and I'm expecting the Spirit will be inspiring and challenging you as we we look at these verses. So first, how to pray. Jesus has, has taught the Lord's Prayer earlier and he gives a model prayer to his disciples. And this model prayer outlines that prayer is about worship, Confession, forgiveness, meeting the needs of others, and here Jesus doesn't go through all that again, but he summarizes that in saying, "Pray in my name, and it will be given to you." Well, what does that mean? What is the formula then? What's the what's the first words that have to come out of our mouth when we talk to God? What's the last word? What's the procedure when we talk to God in order that our prayers are in Jesus' name? Do we need to end our prayer with those words in Jesus' name and then it's in Jesus' name whatever we pray for will be given to us? Any repetition of words in prayer that are said purely for procedural sake or order or as a ritual, they serve no purpose. And Jesus said that the proud and the self-seeking have received their reward as they pray on the street corner with the attitude of, look at me, look at me. And God is not interested in the prayers of the proud and the self-seeking. We can easily be caught up in, the, in repeating words for the sake of repeating words and just doing prayer to say that I've done for the day. It's good to have a habit of praying but not so good to have habitual prayers. A few years ago Mackenzie started praying every night, please God don't let our house burn down. I said, what? And it happened for a few nights in a row, it was every night we we weren't so worried about the habitual prayer. <laughs> more concerned about our house not burning down actually. had to dig a bit deeper. We haven't been praying like that for a while now, which is good. And our house hasn't burned down, which is great. I try to use my um, 15 minutes uh, at quarter to five in the morning as I drive to work. The first couple of minutes to get the heater on and then a few minutes in prayer. And I've noticed that in, that is like a bit of, like a, a habit, and it's good to have habits, and I'm going to come to that in a moment, but it, I find it easy to fall into this place of just, oh, I'm going to pray now, and similar words, same words can come out so easily that I would say every day. And they can so easily lose the sincerity and the, the genuineness of what our heart's desire really is. And so, how do we give thanks for our food? Is it the same six-word prayer you use every day? God, thanks for His food. Amen. Bang. <clears throat> I dare say a lot of us here, you know, we we generally start with something like "Dear Heavenly Father," "Dear God," and "Father." We have something we like to start our prayers off with, and we like to end it perhaps in Jesus' name. Amen. And, and we have this. With this liturgy that we've probably grown up with or learnt somewhere, that from our parents or family or maybe in church, and uh, and, and we, we we pray to God the Father and we end in Jesus' name, Amen. And, and and I'm not standing here to say you know we've got to change all this. No, no, no I'm, 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 I can actually say I'm happy to say that there's a you know that's a good tradition, that that's a good model to 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 pray to God with. We pray to God the Father in the the power of the Spirit in the name of Jesus and. And yes, that is biblical. Hebrews 4 says, Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Therefore let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. God is no... Longer accessible once a year through the high priest. When Jesus died, that curtain was torn in two in the Holy of Holies in the temple and that we have access now to God through Jesus and it's any day and it's anywhere at any time. Now, in saying all that, the types of words we use, in what order we speak and in what order we pray to God is not what Jesus is actually talking about here. Yes, it's by the work and authority of Jesus we have access to God. But to pray in his name is to pray in line with the will of God. To pray in the name of Jesus is to pray in line with who Jesus is, the character of Jesus. A prayer for something outside the will of God is an unanswered prayer. A prayer for something that contradicts the nature of who Jesus is is an unanswered prayer. God isn't interested in the prayers of the unrighteous. God isn't interested in the prayers of the proud and the self-seeking. A prayer that says, give me what I want when I want it. A prayer that says, I want to bring glory to myself and don't worry about everyone else. Isn't going to go far. A prayer that is bringing attention to sinful desires, to immoral behaviour. It's not going to get far because when you bring that prayer, it doesn't come in the name of Jesus. It doesn't come aligning itself with the will of Jesus. It doesn't come aligning itself with the nature and the character of who Jesus is. And a prayer like that doesn't get answered. You come praying in the name of Jesus and you'll be answered, heard and answered. James 5.16 says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Why? Why is it powerful and effective? Is it because you've learnt some new procedure to pray with power? Is it because you have become so special and so high up in your spiritual Prayers that you are, I won't even go on. No, of course not. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective because God is powerful, because God is effective and he is righteous. And when we are obedient disciples, when we are obedient to his word, living in the light, blessing those around us, our life becomes a statement of the change that Jesus has made in us. Because righteousness isn't something that we do or achieve. It's something that God does in us. It's something that God does in us when we come to a place of obedience and surrender to Him. And when we pray in line with His will, when we pray in line with the nature and character of who Jesus is, I can confidently tell you this morning your prayers will be heard, your prayers will be answered. And your joy will be complete. And you may sit here this morning and hear that, and that might be hard to hear because, well, you know, I've been praying for my son, I've been praying for my daughter, my mum and dad, my friend, my next door neighbour, whoever it may be, for months maybe for years I'm sure there are people here who've been praying for family for years that they'd come to know God that they'd turn back to God and I'm sure that's in line with the will of God I'm sure that's in line with his character isn't it I'm not going to pretend I have an answer for you this morning but devote yourself to pray. Don't be anxious, but pray. And pray continuously. These are some of the encouragements to the early church and they're encouragements to you and I this morning. An answered prayer isn't always the answer that we were expecting and it doesn't always come in the time that we were wanting it to but what we can hold on to is that a prayer in the name of Jesus is a prayer that is heard by God and a prayer that is answered and a prayer that will bring fullness of joy which we'll touch on in a moment. Secondly, the result of prayer. If we go back to John 14 in the same sort of passage area, John 14 verse 13, Jesus says that I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You see, the first purpose or or result of prayer really is that God is glorified that God is glorified in prayer. When, when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, what was the very first thing? It wasn't about your needs. Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. That people would fear the name of the Lord, that the name of God would be glorified, that people would be obedient to his commands. People would learn to understand who God is. That God, his name would be glorified. That's the first thing Jesus says to his disciples. That's this is how you have to pray. First, God is to be glorified. But you know, thankfully, God is not a selfish God. That yes, his concern for his glory is paramount. That God is to be glorified in prayer. But hand in hand with that is his concern for us. And here Jesus says in John 16 here in verse 24, in that second part, that our joy would be complete. God only not hears our prayers, he'll answer our prayers and our joy will be complete. I hope you can remember that as you come to pray this week, today and into the week, that God is to be glorified and that our joy is to be complete. And in these few chapters where Jesus is about to leave, he, he continually talks about this joy with his disciples. John fifteen, ten to eleven, Jesus says, Be obedient disciples, obey my commands, remain in me, that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete. He prays to his father, but now I am coming to you in John seventeen, and I am saying these things while I am in the world, so that they may have my joy fulfilled within them. And here he says, Ask in my name and you will receive and your joy will be complete. It's not a maybe. He's connecting this here with prayer, with praying in the name of Jesus, heard, answered, and there will be joy, fullness of it, completeness of it, for you. If you look up joy in the dictionary, as I did, the, the dictionary says, it's a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Now, joy is generally, I would say, uh, in the world attributed to lots of temporary things. Lots of temporary things, we say, are giving great joy. But of course, temporary is only a short time and so that doesn't always last as things of this world will never last. But as a Christian, we, we know that it has much more meaning than just a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. It's much more than that. It is a great happiness but it's a happiness in the soul. The physical body may show results of that joy. The physical body may shed tears as we experience that joy. We may have our hands raised up as we ex- as we express the joy that we have for the Lord. But the joy isn't in the physical. The joy is something from the soul, the immaterial part of a human. The soul which divides right from wrong and leads the body to do accordingly. When Ava, and I always keep using my kids, but when Ava and uh, Mackenzie hit each other in the car, yes, regularly, um, I don't stop the car and get them out of the car and grab their arms and start examining their arms and wondering where is the issue here how ridiculous in james in james 3 it talks of the tongue it says the tongue is a small part of the body but it makes great boasts with the tongue we praise our lord and father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. This should not be. But what's he saying? We need to get one of those torches the doctor has and those big icy pole sticks. I don't know if you like those icy pole sticks, Danielle, but they make me gag. I hate them. And we need to examine our tongue and try to find the bit that's cursing and cut that little bit out, the back on the left of course not. Joy Joy is from the soul. But even more than that, and to add to that, to really bring true definition to what this joy, joy is from God. The movements of the soul, the feeling of joy that is given by the Spirit, which we clearly see in Galatians 5.22... Twenty-three, the well-known verses about the fruit of the Spirit. They are, firstly, love and joy. And at the point of conversion, accepting Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord, the, the Spirit of God comes into your life and a joy comes into your soul, which is unexplainable to the world. And it says, no matter the life, circumstances, no matter the pain and the suffering physically. No matter the ups and the downs, the money in the bank, the years left on a, off on a contract at work, no matter that no matter the pain, there is a happiness, there is a joy from God. In your soul, which is overflowing, because everything in this life is temporary and God is eternal. Because the worries of life are short term, but the happiness to know Jesus will last forever. And one day soon we will be with him face to face. And friends, death has no sting. We are not to worry for anything but rejoice in the Lord. Our security, our identity. We can sit here this morning and Rejoice that it's not in the physical, it's not in the material. Our identity and security is in the spiritual and the heavenly things which are eternal. And that is joy. Our joy is made full and complete when we are in close fellowship with Him. When we find ourselves on our knees praying in line with the things that Jesus would be praying for, the things that are close to the heart of Jesus, when we are glorifying God and not what we want but what he wants with us. A prayerless life to contrast is a joyless life and if you were to come and tell me this morning that there just seems to be no happiness constant fear, constant worry constant unhappiness the first thing I would suggest is how is your prayer life? Prayer in the name of Jesus, which we've looked at this morning, will bring to you the fullness of the joy that God has already placed in your heart when the Spirit of God came into your life. And that connection between prayer and joy is what Jesus is telling his disciples here in this context, that I'm going away. I won't be physically here with you. But be obedient to the commands and the teaching I'm leaving with you. Talk to the Father. Talk to Him about the things that are close to my heart, He says. Things that are true of me. And they'll be heard, they'll be answered and be, the joy that you have will be complete, full overflowing in uh, in January we're planning a holiday and the emphasis word there is on planning we've got still a bit to do but we it's exciting you know to have something to look forward to we're not Going to rock up to the airport some point in January and just rock up there and go, Yeah, we'll go somewhere now. Wouldn't that be ridiculous? We've booked some accommodation, we've still got a bit more to do, but we're planning on it. We don't always treat prayer like that. We get up perhaps day after day realizing. Prayer is really important, but maybe one of the problems you're facing is you've never ever planned or organised any time specifically to spend with God, and you don't really know where to start. What time? What place? What? What will I say? What will I do? You know, the opposite of of planning is well, maybe un planned but is is really being in a bit of a rut and God doesn't want us to be Christians who are in a rut not experiencing the joy that he's already placed within us if you don't plan I'm suggesting I'm assuming really we're probably not praying and this challenge for me and I give it to you this morning is that some point today just to take 10 or 15 minutes and, and, and look at your life and how prayer fits in. And if you don't already plan time throughout your day and your week, then today set some time where you can come to the Lord in quiet and peace and pray to him. Make it a priority to align your will with his will. That when you come to pray to him, make it a priority that you come to glorify the name of God. Because if we never do that, we'll never experience real joy the joy that he has already laid in our soul, the joy that tells the people around us you might be facing something really difficult in the physical but you're the happiest person because of the spiritual impact God has had in your life. So please take that as a real challenge and allow the Spirit of God to guide you and to inspire you um, as you consider prayer and making it a real priority in your life. Our Father God, we do glorify your name And thank you that you are our creator and you are awesome in power and you're amazing God and you have reached down to us through your son coming to die on the cross to save us. Lord, would we be reminded as we go from here not to ignore time spent with you, but to make it a priority in our life to come to you in prayer, to bring glory to your name and to pray for the things that are close to the heart of Jesus, that that would then impact our life. The joy that we experience will be shown and seen by those around us. Lord, by the power of your spirit, inspire us and motivate us and and change us, we pray. In Jesus' name, for his glory, amen.